Thank you. <clears throat> Ready for the word this morning? Excellent. Excellent. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Um, Psalm 145 verse 5 says this, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Uh, Every Father's Day, I've always wanted to talk on the Father. (laughs) There's not been a a Father's Day that I've been a pastor of this church where I haven't wanted to speak about the the Father. And... um, it's just been on my heart all the time, but it seems like just in the week leading up to it, it gets changed, I've got to talk on this particular topic, and, and I find myself talking about something that's pertinent to Father's Day, but not the Father. But this year, I've got the green light. Oh, I've got the green light. Who's your mama? <laughs> on Father's Day. Woo! I get to talk about my daddy. Psalm 145, verse 5. No worries. So this morning I am going to be talking about my heavenly father. And I'm just going to launch straight into this sucker. All right? So um, here we go. There's a number of things I I, I want to uh, just brag on God. (laughs) I just want to boast about him. You know, he's incredible. I've just got a couple of things here to talk about, but you could, I could spend all year and only scratch the surface about how good God is, God the Father. He is just absolutely amazing. So the first thing I, I need to tell you this morning is this, okay, is that the Father totally loves us, totally. He, Father just totally loves us. <laughs> The Father's love and affection, I believe, is absolutely beyond words. I've never experienced His love to the level that I do right now. And, and I believe that the, the, the more that we go in, on with God, the more that we pursue Him, the more that we get to understand the love of God. The more that we actually get to experience it, the more that we get to start to, to walk in it and to, to have it embrace our life for His love to cover us, His love to saturate us in such a way that it completely changes us and transforms the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we act, the way that we we interact with our world around about us. I believe that it's something that actually catapults us into our purpose. So I want to tell you this morning that that he, he totally loves us, affectionately only as a parent can. Why? Because he's our father. And he gets to, he can. It's as simple as that. You know, he doesn't tolerate you. He delights in you. He delights in me. You know, it says in, in the Psalms that, uh, in Psalm 37, I think it is, that he delights in us. He absolutely delights in you this morning. He bubbles over with joy with the thought of spending time with us. He, he just bubbles over. You know, it's just this incredible thing about God that um, he just, just enjoys us. And no matter how much we may have messed up during the week, okay, he, th- there's never a moment when his loving arms uh, aren't, you know, stopped and reached out. You know, he, we, sin can't stop him reaching out in love to us. 
I know that, play, that messes with some people's theology, perhaps. But the, the reality is, no matter how much we've messed up in, in the week, he just wants to wrap his arms around us in love. See, it's the enemy's plan to separate us, not God's. God's actually clearing the, the, the stoppages and the blockages out of the way to make it free access to his arms, into his presence, into his embrace. Was he disappointed if we sinned with the wrong attitude that we had? Yeah, I think he would be. But that's why he immediately instructs the Holy Spirit to bring back to our remembrance our righteousness in Christ. See, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit's role is to convict us of sin. I actually believe the Holy Spirit's role is to convict us of our righteousness. Why would the Holy Spirit highlight sin in us when his whole purpose is to, to actually reveal the Father? Reveal the Son. <laughs> that puts a quiver in my liver. <laughs> I think that's great. I'm the only, probably about three people agree with me. I think that's. Come on. Come on. He, he, he's not there waiting to smash us because we mess up, he's waiting to restore us. He's wanting to restore us. And he sends the Holy Spirit says, go and tell him, uh, that, that Gary bloke down there, okay, I want you to tell him, he's, he's the righteousness. He's my righteousness. He's in right standing with him. I want you to go and tell him of the goodness of God that's extended towards him. Don't go and remind him about his, he's gonna, his conscience and the enemy's doing enough of that already. The father comes along and he says to the Holy Spirit, tell that boy, I love him. You, you tell that boy I love him. And he reveals his love to me by the person of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Have a listen to this. Romans chapter 5 and verse th- 3 to 8. Romans chapter... Uh, here's one I had prepared earlier. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Anyone run into problems and trials? Okay. Okay. Excellent. About six. That's good. So we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So in the midst of the the things that we mess up in in our week... In, in, in the very muck and mire of life, God the Father says, Jesus, that's the person that I'm aiming my love for. And he's going to experience it by me sending you to the cross to die for that person. It does not sound like a God who is angry with a person, but he's wanting to make sure that the sin, the judgment on the sin doesn't affect the person. It 
I'll start dancing that baby. Rejoice in the Father. He loves us. He totally loves us. Have a listen to this. When we mess up and we, 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 we stuff up, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, I think. Now we can come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive grace and mercy to strengthen us in our time of weakness. That's just good news. Isn't it? I mean, it just it gets better. Trust me. So it's not, we don't go into the throne of grace to see God's anger, his wagging finger in our faces. We go in there to receive his grace, to receive his mercy, to receive strength to overcome a weakness in us. The judgment is attached to sin, it's not attached to us. The Holy Spirit's wooing us to repentance is a demonstration of the Father's love and affection that doesn't want that judgment to impact upon our life. Why? Because he's our Father. Second thing you need to know is that the Father unconditionally accepts us. The Father unconditionally accepts us. As sons and daughters of the Father, we never have to strive for acceptance again. Okay? He accepts you. He loves you. You don't have to do anything. He just does. It says in John 15 verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. What does that say? It says he accepts you. He's like, you know, anyone at school, like you used to play sports or something like that and and there'd be two people at the front and and they'd have to pick their teams and I don't know about you, but I was generally the last person that anyone picked. Unco. Unco. Unco means uncoordinated. Uh, Mr. Uncoordinated, Okay. Uh, Mr. Unpopular, uh, uh, whatever, you know, and it always seems like, you know, uh, to get accepted, you have to do extraordinary things and, and do ridiculous things and stuff like that, just to be liked by people, okay? It's not that way with God. He already knows how unco you are. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've shared this story before, you know, I, I used to, like, go for a run and when I was uh, in the police department and and uh, I used to try and get fit and stuff like that and I did some stupid stuff I only did this one thing once I tried running backwards to try and you know get some different muscles working properly in the backs of my legs and stuff I thought I'd train different muscles as I was doing it and I was running backwards I went straight into a bus stop bang <laughs> that was the last time I ever run backwards I could tell you <laughs> well God God knows sometimes we run backwards <laughs> so and he still choo- chooses us for his team. Still chooses you for his team, even though you run backwards sometimes. You're, you're running forwards, but you're looking the wrong way. You're looking towards your past and thinking that's going to stop you. Oh, that was a good point. That, that was a good point. 
Just turn to the person next to you. He was talking to you right then. <laughs> he was talking to you. You need to stop looking backwards. Tell the person on the other, you need to stop looking backwards while you're running forwards. How about John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. What does that mean? He means he accepts you. He accepts you. He accepts us as his children. He, he calls us his sons and his daughters. He adopted us. He accepted us. He loves us. And not because of anything that we have done, but all because of what Jesus has done. So many have an acceptance-based performance. But the Father's acceptance is an act of love and grace. You can't earn it and you cannot do anything to get it. It's already been given. You know, I am more passionate and deliberate for His work today than I have ever been. But it's not because I want to earn His approval or His acceptance. It's because I realize just how much He loves me and I've caught a glimpse of Him. I've caught a glimpse of His grace and His mercy and it's changed me. And I love my Father and I want to do things for Him because I want to bring Him joy and and please Him and honor Him because of what He's already done for me. If I could moonwalk, I would. But I can't, so I won't. But I feel like dancing. I feel like just, you know, cutting loose. But everyone knows white men can't dance, so. (laughs) I received that word of encouragement. He unconditionally accepts us right now, and he knows everything about us. Why does he accept us? Because he's our father. I can't get the silly grin off my face. I can, I'm enjoying myself. I just, I'm enjoying him because he's here this morning. Third thing, the Father provides for us completely. The Father not only loves us totally, he accepts us unconditionally, but he also provides for us completely. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, physically. I mean, man, he's provided me with this. This is a fit-looking piece of equipment right here. Come on. You wish you looked this good. Hey, hey. I know that you're laughing with me, not at me. I know. Did you know uh, it says he came to uh, uh, seek and save the lost and, and, and stuff like that and come against all the, the works of evil? Salvation is, a, is a, a complete deal. It covers us spirit, soul, and body. Yeah, the Greek word is sozo, but it, it covers us spirit, soul, and body. The complete package. It's, a, it's a, an holistic healing. It's not just about your spirit, it's about your body, it's about your soul. He's, he's, he provides for us completely. He's covenanted to actually provide all of our genuine needs. We may have known hard times, but we can still know his faithfulness, still know his provision by his grace in the hard times. We might be in a storm and we're praying for peace, 
Well, God may bring peace by stilling the storm or stilling the storm in you. He provides that genuine release of peace. Everything we have from God is accessed by faith. So we need to stop asking him and start receiving it. See, our confession should not be like at the start of the day. It shouldn't be like, Father, give me grace or the provision for this day. It should be, Lord, I receive your grace. I receive your provision for today. Oh, come on. (laughs) Can I just ask a, a huge favor this morning? Can I have those two back doors open, please? Because I'm just wanting to allow some fresh flow of air because I I sense a spirit of blanket coming on some people this morning. Spirit of blanket, come off in the name of Jesus. See, when we we say, Father, give me the grace enough for today or I receive your grace for, for, for today, one is a petition for what we are awaiting an answer for or an evidence, but the other is simply receiving it as though it's already been supplied. And all I need to do is walk in it. See, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26 says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. It isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing. Look at the birds. Catch this. He says, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? In other words, what's he saying? He says, even though I'm feeding the birds and stuff like that, I'm clothing them, making sure that they're okay, I'm going to do that as a natural part of life for those things. How much more valuable are you than those? So what's he saying? He's saying, I've got you covered in that area also and more. feel like a thunderbird <laughs> oh, good. I've got to dance with a scarf but I'm not going there <laughs> simply put we're on a, on a journey to discover the father has already abundantly supplied everything we need okay Same goes for life. It includes our finances. When we get a revelation of his provision and his heart towards us, it removes forever the insecurities that life can throw at us. We don't have to plead or beg. It's actually the Father's good pleasure to give us the riches of his kingdom within the context of his greater will and intention for us. He faithfully and predictably provides. Why? He's our father. He does. He loves us. Number four, the authority, the authority of the father now fully rests on us. The authority of the father now fully rests upon us. That's what full adoption has provided for us. We carry his authority on our life And demonic powers are subject to that authority. Say it again. 
We carry his authority on our life and demonic powers are subject to that authority. That's part of the full adoption that we've been born into. We don't have to go through life intimidated by the enemy, thinking that there's a demonic spirit under every rock that we walk past. That we go into people's homes, but oh, they had a st- statue of Buddha in, in, in the, the foyer and, and all oh, can't go into there. Get over it. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more than an overcomer through Christ who lives in me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What do you mean by that? I'm going to laugh at that sucker right up there. You come against me like that, I come against you in the name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It doesn't say he was Lord. He is Lord. There's an ongoing part of that. He, Jesus is Lord. Jesus has the name above every, every other name. On heaven or on earth or below the earth. What does that tell you? Come against me in the name of whatever it is. Name of Weetbix? I come against you in the name of Jesus. Uh, that's a Twitterable quote there, right there. You come against me in the name of Weetbix, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You get that on Facebook, man. That, that's right there. What sort of th- church is that? Oh, that's a church of Weetbix. No, it's not. It's a church of Jesus, I can tell you now. He is our father and we are fully adopted, born of his seed. I am a son of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. It's a legal reality in the realm of the spirit. You need to understand this though, okay? That the authority we are under determines the authority that we carry. Confidence in walking in this comes out of knowing that all we are and have is fully submitted to His authority. What does that mean? It means that through the the relationship of intimacy, watch out for that little lump there, out of the relationship of intimacy with him, that he says something and we do it. That means that, like it's the the principle of, of the centurion. Submitted authority. The level that I am submitted to God is the level that I am releasing the authority of his kingdom. If I only partially live in submission to what God is saying to me, then I'm only going to be able to access a certain part of that I'm already submitted to in his realm. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a good word for someone. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, Since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him to provide that we accept, so provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Jesus has already suffered to, to, to purchase the things that we need to walk in, in through life. Yeah. 
He empowers us with his, with his authority as his fully adopted child. Why? Because he's our father. We are born of his seed. We're joint heirs with his natural born son, Jesus. Does that make me God? No, it doesn't. I want to say that okay, right now. It doesn't make me God. But it does make me a rightful heir of the relationship and the authority that Jesus experienced when he was on the earth. Not the authority he has now as my undisputed king, but the authority that he had in his humanity. I walk in that same level of authority to the same level that Jesus walked here on the earth. How does that happen? He was in submission to the person of the Holy Spirit. Whatever my father says, I'm going to say. Whatever the father does, I'm going to do. glove just one glove though are you catching this whatever he had with the father when he was on the earth is now mine matthew 28 verses 18 to 19 says that and it declares it it is the centurion principle of matthew chapter 8 verses 5 to 10 The authority that we're under determines the authority that we carry. Under whose authority are you walking? How submitted are you to what God says? I I love the the testimony that Gina shared. Despite wanting to walk out, she couldn't discount the voice of the Holy Spirit saying to her, cough it up. You need to give that money to that man. I can't not talk about him anymore. In the streets, in the supermarkets, in my conversations. I can't not talk about him anymore. In fact, I I, I wanted to gear the church up. We've prayed over these. You take one of these up, you're wrecked. There's an anointing on these cards. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You're invited to be our guest at Infused Church this Sunday so you can get blitzed in the Holy Ghost. Oh, that, okay, the, the blitz bit's not on there, but I really wanted to put it on there. Next one. The Father is guiding the steps of our lives. Psalm 37 verse 23 says the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. See, what confidence it brings to our hearts when storms seem to rage, knowing that we're under divine appointment. See, Jesus was fully submitted to the person of the Holy Spirit, and the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is lead him into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be attacked and accused by the, by the devil. How does that mess with your theology? That the first thing that Jesus did, does is, is hit, a, hit, a, hit a wilderness experience. 
I can't be God what I'm going through right now. I'm going through a storm. It's so hard. It's so, so debilitating. It's so, you know, I felt like this was the thing that God asked me to do. And now I'm in a worse mess than I ever was. Well, just maybe God's right in it. And you just need to change your perspective. Maybe just believing that he's actually divinely appointed me to walk through this season. Because he's wanting to do something in me. Because he wants to release something through me. That's a good word right there. I mean, that's, that's another... That's a, that's a Facebook quote right there. It's true, isn't it? He, first, he's got to do it in us so he can release it through us. What's, what's God doing in you right now? Ask, and begin to start to say, Holy Spirit, what are, what are you doing in me? Because I'm, I'm sensing you want to release something through me. That's how we know that all things work together for the good of those who love you. He's wanting to bring good out of your life. <clears throat> okay, moment of truth. Oh, I didn't know that I was going to share this, but apparently I have to. Okay, so here's the, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. From the age of one, my mother could numerous times tried to commit suicide until she succeeded when I was 14, when she shot herself. At the age of 15, I was raped as a young boy, 15-year-old boy, by, uh, anyone ever heard of the family murders? Okay, by one of the men that used to procure young men for this group of men. By rights, I should be dead because of, I am aware that a lot of the guys that were in that situation were killed. At the age of 16, my grandfather passed away, who I was so close to. I was really close to my grandfather. Okay, I am quite comfortable now in releasing the love of God to people who have experienced and walked through suicide. I can understand how a person can feel who's been raped or sexually abused. I'm not saying that those things were good to happen to me. They weren't. But God can bring good. I refuse to be a victim. Because God has not made me a victim. He's made me victorious. What, what could God do with what he's done? What, 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 things that have happened in your life. What can God do through that? Amazing things. Amazing things. Phenomenal things. life-changing, transforming things in people's lives. He, he, he orders our steps. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, If you made God and make God the, the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, He will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust Him along the way, you'll find He pulled it off completely. That's the Passion Translation of that verse. I thought it was a very passionate translation. Yeah. Our responsibility is simply to hear and obey. It's that level of authority that we're submitted to thing again. Obedience is vital. It's non-negotiable, to be honest. It's only as we walk in obedience as a people under divine command that we have a conviction and a confidence that the Father is ordering our steps. 
But obedience has, it was designed to be a fruit of the heart in loving awe and delight, bubbling over with gratitude at our Father's affection and his embrace. Obedience was supposed to be this joyous enthusiasm, not gritting of our teeth or a religious discipline. It's in response to who he is. It's a response to having seen him in the reality of, of, of his love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, all of those things. It's, it's, that's why I started out this whole message with Psalm 145 verse 5, where it talks about, his, I meditate on his majestic, glorious splendor and his wonderful miracles. What's, what does that mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate, think about on who he is and what he does. See, too many of us think about what God hasn't done. Another message won't go there this morning. We need to think about what God is doing. Intimacy and obedience must go together. We need to pay the price to hear his voice and then they have the courage to do what he says. It really is that simple. Saints, we have to live out of our, uh, out of our convictions. Uh, so, are we so convicted that our Father loves us and He's always motivated for our good? So this is the next point. Okay? The Father is always motivated for our good. The Father is always motivated for our good. We have to live out of that place of conviction that He's always working for my good. But what about the hard times? What about the difficult times? What about the struggle? What about the strain? What about the sickness? What about the, the poverty? What about the lack? What about the no job? What about the this and the that and the, everything else? Well, like I said to you, he's working something through us and he's working something in us. He's forging an overcomer in us. He is forging an overcomer in us so that we can release and overcoming victorious life into someone else. Bada bing, bada boom. He's preparing us for the greater conquests that lie ahead. He is training us, enlarging us, equipping us, and building us. Why? And I'll get to that. I'm, I'm really going to arc up in a minute. He's... He's doing this because he knows our potential is so much more greater than our present capacity will allow. He wants to release that through us. He wants to strengthen that in us. He wants us to develop that faith, that, we, that trust, that, that rock solidness that we have in, in his character and his nature. He allows times of great challenge because he knows that our response to those challenges will bring about enlargement and an increase of authority in our lives. It is his love and his vision for our future that motivates him. Saints, he always and only is motivated for our good. Why? Because he's our father. My last point. Our Father is the Creator God. He is greater than anything we will ever face. He is greater than anything we will ever, ever face. No body and no thing is greater in power than our Father. 
when the demons of hell turn up and start jeering and intimidating and, in, and accusing you, remember that our Father is greater than our opposition. And we will walk in His authority and under His covering and His protection. You get confronted by a demonic thing happening in the street, just hang on a minute. Let's see him. as my dad. Yeah, I don't want to miss with my dad. He's got your back. We just need to know who we are. You need to know that you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Some of us have got to get a backbone. You're not a jellyfish. We need to understand that who we are, who God's created us to be. We need to understand that he's given us the sword of a spirit and the shield of faith. He's given us the weapons of our warfare because they are mighty to the strong, pulling down a strongholds, everything that's opposed to the name of Jesus. You see, remember the story about uh, Jesus, he goes across the lake and he gets this uh, bloke who's who's, who's filled up with uh, demons and he says, what's your name? He says, my name's Legion. He says, why is it Legion? Because there's so many of us in this bloke. He says, okay, well, I'm going to cast you out. And the demons, and they bargain with God and and they say, you know, like, uh, well, don't throw us into the pit of hell. Just how about that, that herd of pigs right over there? And Jesus says, okay, go in there. The pigs, okay, this guy's lived with them for so long. Okay, sometimes we live with the enemy and the mess of our lives for so long. We put up with stuff that pigs won't. Because those pigs, they get instantly hit, you know, hit by all these demonic stuff and they throw themselves off a, off a cliff and they all get killed. See, some of us, we're willing to put up with that stuff. Some of us have got to get sick of being sick. We've got to rise up in the authority that God has given to us. Start to walk it out. Start to actually believe what the Bible says and declares about this stuff. About us walking in authority, walking in in dominion, taking dominion, bringing order from chaos. Start to speak to our mountain. Start to speak to the storm that we're in. Start to feed the 5,000. It's impossible. No, not with God it's not. It might be on your own, but it's not with God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Come on. Come on. Suck it up. I believe it's God's desire that everyone here receive a personal revelation of God, not only as mighty God, and he is, okay, but also as our personal, warm, loving, caring, and affectionate father. He wants us to see him as a father that wants us to talk with him daily, to live a life of intimacy, boldness, spontaneity, and deep affection with him that will embolden us to become a people of significance in our world. I believe this with all my heart. You are not insignificant people. You are children of God. Our intimacy with our Father is what will empower us. Because you'll hear what He says and you'll see what He does. It's born out of intimacy. 
And because you catch this glimpse of him, you're saying, Lord, whatever you want, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in this. I can't go back anymore. When we start to see people being healed, miraculous things happening, people being raised from the dead, miraculous provision. How can you not get excited about a God who does that? But what comes first, the miracles or your devotion? It's a good question, isn't it, really? I like that question, really. Uh, Can you tell I'm English? Catch a glimpse. Catch a glimpse. Just just sit down in, in that Psalm 145. I'm going to meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor. How do I do that? Well, you could go to Revelation and you find out what he's described like for a start. Well, okay, that's, that's really good. Uh, maybe, uh, I'm, and think about the things that you do. You know, your, your, your miraculous stuff. Where, what did you do? Let's think. Okay, part of the Red Sea created earth or that moon up there that apparently had a hand in that as well there's so much god done there's so much god's done we must simply accept that he already yearns for us to walk with him and to talk with him and we just need to bring our words our attitudes our actions into line with that newly accepted reality that he wants to walk with us like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the evening in the garden. Visualize yourself in that place, walking, talking with him, enjoying his company, enjoying his presence. Sometimes, you know, not even saying a thing. I mean, Jane and I, we've been to the botanic gardens, we've gone for walks and stuff like that, and we haven't had the need to talk at all. It's just enjoying just being there with each other. And sometimes we wrap it on like you wouldn't believe. That's relationship. That's what it is. It's enjoying each other and, and being there for one another. He is my Father. And this morning, I, I would like us to make an open declaration. If I was to lead us in, in something, I, I believe that God wants us to do this this morning. So can I just get everyone to stand and maybe the team to come up? That'd be great. <clears throat> Now, I don't want to put anyone under pressure. I'm all, this, this is what I'm going to be asking us to repeat out loud. So, so I'm not going to ask you to go into this blind. I'm going to ask you to go into this fully aware of what we're about to declare and ask God to do in our lives. Are you okay with that? So this is what I'm going to ask us to do and to say, okay? We're just simply going to make a declaration. I have been fully and unconditionally adopted. I am born of his incorruptible seed. I'm a joint heir with his son, Jesus. He is not like a father to me. He is my father. I am his son or his daughter. Abba father. He is Abba father. Affectionate father. This morning I declare you are my father. We're going to say this together. If you're up for it. If you want to. It's it's your choice. But I believe that there's something about us Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Sometimes we need to make a declaration over our lives. Sometimes we need to make a change about what we say about who Daddy is. 
Okay? So you ready? Let's say it together. I'll, I'll say it, then you follow. Okay? Heavenly Father, this morning I declare I have been fully and unconditionally adopted. I am born again of your incorruptible seed. I'm a joint heir with Jesus, your son. He is not, sorry, you are not like a father to me. You are my father. I am your son or daughter. Abba Father. Affectionate Father. This morning I declare, you are my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, church. Thanks, Alina.